0: Welcome back to The Matt Mosley Show. The presenting sponsor of The Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank, also sponsored by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Barnett Contracting, Baylor Line Foundation, Marineland Boating Center, Myatt Fuels, Schmoltz's Sandwich Shop, The Baylor Club, and UBO Business Services. And now, here's Matt Mosley. What is Matt Mosley? on a Monday busy Monday and uh, we had a lot going on over the weekend another conference championship for the Bears in men's tennis. It never gets old. Thank you Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram. I'm a proud driver of one of those uh, oh those uh, oh the Grand Cherokee Laredo. It just keeps moving. I plan on driving that thing forever or maybe my daughter will but it's a great vehicle. And uh, love it, love it, and I love going by Alan Samuels, Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram. They do an incredible job. Thank you, Ted Teague, for what you do. Now, um, a gentleman that uh, had the great pleasure of sitting by me in the press box, and and I think he probably always wonders why about halftime, how I disappear for about an hour of spring game, where I go. He may not even ever wonder where I go, but uh, I do like to kind of go around and see things from a different vantage point. But Kevin Longquist from rivals.com, joining us now at Sikkim Sports, is his Twitter handle where he puts a lot of Baylor sort of breaking news information. Kevin, uh, it was good to see you Saturday. What did uh, what what was kind of the overriding thought on on this spring game? Was it the uh, was it the best Baylor spring game you've seen in many years?
1: The the question I can never get answered is who leads the series, the green or the gold? No one can answer that question. (laughs) So that's the great mystery in this. And so, um, but anyway, I, I think that this team has a chance to be really good. And it starts with the defensive line that is extraordinarily deep. What I thought was interesting is how you have a guy like Jackson Player, Waco Midway Kid, transfer from Tulsa who was working with the twos on the defensive front, but is obviously going to be a part of the rotation. And the fact that Dave Aranda said after the game, after the game that he was going to think about using him as defensive end when they got going with spring ball and that really never materialized. And you think about the fact, Matt, of how deep they are with that front. They could probably run six, seven guys out there in that three man look, probably not miss a beat. And I've always said that if you have a great quarterback, who is your number one? Who is your number one position? One A needs to be your defensive line, and I think this defensive line for Baylor is definitely one A caliber.
0: Well, I get, Um I and I I like the line too. I, I I got to go back and and look at some individual things that like Jackson player was doing, and I kind of liked Aranda. By the way, you'll we'll, we'll let you hear from Dave Aranda at about five twenty today, uh, Kevin. I liked. Oranda talking about how well they complement each other now Mm -hmm. I, I heard from Jackson recently and it kind of was funny because you could tell Jackson had hoped to kind of play some other positions the problem for Jackson is when they put him over center when they line him up at nose tackle he's a dominant player he's quick uh, he gets off the ball in a hurry. But I like that description of what Aranda was saying, and he was using baseball, you know, the fastball to set up the curveball, the curveball set up, and, and how the the 1-2 that Apu Ika and Jackson Player present along that defensive line is just perfect. you got power, and then you have speed with Jackson Player. I, I don't... Uh, Kevin, since you and I have been hanging out watching Baylor football, now I've been doing it longer than you have, but you've been doing it a pretty long time, uh, this is one of the deeper defensive lines that we've seen. And I think Jackson and and Apu kind of set the tone in the middle.
1: You know, I think that's very true. I would say that this defensive line has a chance to be as good, if not better, than the 2014 team that was, led, that was led by Andrew Billings and Bo Blackshirt. I mean, and remember that front was really good too, even though Baylor would get into a lot of scoring contests with folks, but that front though was really good. What I think what's going to be important about this defensive front is if Baylor doesn't go into the portal to try and find any secondary help and they decide, you know, this is the group that we're going to go with with the safeties and the corners, that front's going to be really important because of the pass rush they develop in order to, if you will, hide some of the weaknesses where that secondary has shown. I mean, we saw it on a couple of times, you know, it got burned on two touchdown passes, Matt, one of 77 yards that C.J. Rogers threw. And then, of course, the 50-yard bomb that uh, uh, Blake shapin threw uh, late in the game. So those are things that I think that the coaching staff is going to hope, again, provided they don't move into the portal for any secondary help. Um that, that front, that's where that front's going to be
0: important. All right, uh, let's get right to Kevin Longquist from Rivals. Let's get to what people are wanting to talk about and hear about today, and that's the, the battle between these quarterbacks. Shapen um, yeah. was, um, you know, Gary made a mistake, threw an interception. I mean, I don't think in a spring game that's the end of the world. I think right. – shape and continue either so maybe not maybe not but not great not great the way for it to happen but again it's a spring game i i would just say that what you continue to see is one of the frustrating things to me is i don't really for the life of me understand why quarterbacks are taking off and running in a spring game i mean like you're back there trying to run a some patterns, and even if somebody 's not open, you can just throw it away or throw right. it, whatever i mean like i don't i don 't really you can 't tackle, so we don 't truly know how long i mean you guys are up there being funny, you and Jerry or whoever y'all are doing a comedy bit <laughs> on like trying to figure out how many yards the carries were, but we really don 't know because right. they can 't hit the quarterback so right. i i don't it 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 's still worries me a little bit i love gary i love his leadership i just don't love the fact that he's back there in a spring game going through his progressions and he's taking off and running the spring game is not a time for quarterbacks to be running around i mean it doesn't it doesn't prove anything and shapen as we probably would have predicted is back there throwing darts and the 50 yard pass was not like some kind of oh let's throw up you know let's throw it up and hopefully it will find somebody i mean it was a gorgeous ball it was a a beautiful deep ball and um and it hit baldwin in stride so uh, i as far as accuracy and what he can do and getting the ball out on time to me shaping is the choice how do you read this thing do you agree with that or do you have a different feeling
1: no, I agree with that. I mean, I felt like Shapin look, shapin has got the better arm. And as I've said to on your show previously and in other uh, locales, that I think, you know, the ball comes out of his hand like it jumps out of his hand. It doesn't jump out of Gary's hand. And, you know, the interesting thing about Gary is that Gary's got a good arm. And I saw that at Pro Day on March 30th at the Allison Indoor Practice Facility. He was throwing some darts out there. And for some reason, and again, you know, you're know, you just standing there and you're throwing it around as far as the probe day is concerned. And then when it comes to a live competition like this, it wasn't the same thing, and I don't know why. And look, Gary has been a great soldier. He has been the guy that's always played on the chip of his shoulder where everyone has always counted him out since the day he stepped foot on campus because he came from a small school in Earl, Arkansas, and he's had a fight for everything that he's ever gotten in his uh, life as, as Baylor's starting quarterback to come up through the chain and actually put himself in a position to where he started 10 and a half games last year, including the Sugar Bowl. Did everything that was asked. Won the job last year. Uh, and this year, I, I think the one thing about Gary is the fact that do you go with the safe choice, with, which is what he would be if Aranda, Sean Bell, and Jeff Grimes decide, do we want to have a game manager or do we want a guy that can really make a, you know, big time plays? And that's where I think the difference is. And I think Shapen has the capability of doing that. Look, there's two things to go back as far as the Shapen discussion is concerned. Remember, and, and I promise you, Matt, that had Blake not hurt his shoulder against Oklahoma state in the big 12 championship game, he would have started the sugar bowl in my opinion, but two things on Blake one, Go back to the first pass that he threw against Texas Tech in the home finale. 67-yard seed to Tristan Ebner. That's the best ball that any Baylor quarterback threw last year. And then go back to the Big 12 championship game. 17 consecutive completions to start the game. That's a Big 12 championship game record that's also an AT&T stadium record. You don't do that by accident. You do that because you have some ability. And I think those are things that you have to go back on. And the fact, though, that Blake was well enough to come back from the shoulder injury and go through spring, you know, to your point, I don't think the spring game was the differentiator or the deciding point of who wins this job. I think it just kind of maybe reinforced it to some extent. I think what has to – the the good thing about this decision, though, is that it's coming and we're not going to let – we're not going to let this drag out into the summer or into fall camp. They've got to make a decision on this because I think this team's capable of doing a lot of great things in the fall if they're healthy and they find a way to win on the road in Austin and in Norman.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those are all good points. And, uh, and I think that's probably, you know, if they choose Gary, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to act like I know what Shapin would do, but I think he's gonna. I think if he entered the portal, he'd be a highly sought-after quarterback. He's put up and he's put out enough film where there's gonna be all sorts of schools that want him. Uh, I do not know for sure what Gary would do, and I think it's an extremely tough choice because of Gary's leadership style and how much this team responds to him. But uh, yeah. I think I think they know what they need to do. I think Sean. I think Grimes. And I know, I think Dave does. I think if anybody's holding out, it's Dave. I feel like Grimes yeah. and Sean know exactly what they need to do. And, uh, and we will see where this thing heads. Let me ask you this. Um, you always do a great job of keeping up with the recruiting visits. I got to see Derek Lagway Jr., DJ they call him, in person the other day. My goodness. <laughs> Wow, that's a grown man, and he's a yeah. sophomore in high school. That's unbelievable. But um, I know that Baylor picked up a commitment from the youngster from uh, Lorena. Uh, who, are, who are kind of a, a few of the, the names that uh, Baylor fans should be excited about that were that were in town? And I'm talking about the players that, that Baylor has a, a, a tremendous interest in.
1: Well, of course, they had several of their 2022 um, members of the signing class that were there. Yeah. Uh, Karen, yeah, Kyron Roberts Day was there. I mean, that kid's going to be a ridiculous athlete once he gets on campus. The big question is, where are you going to put him? Uh, you know, he could play, you know, for me, just because I'm saying it, it doesn't matter what I think. But, I mean, he he looks like a defensive end to me, although I think he could be an HVAC, you know, that sort of thing. You yeah. know, a couple of other guys that were there were Zach Chapman, the kid that I saw from Fort Bend Marshall, 2023 defensive end. Uh, who's coming off an ACL injury from last year. He was there watching the game, took place on that. Uh, Colton Soraki, you know, younger brother of Caden Soraki, uh, who just signed with the Bears. Uh, Colton's a 2024 offensive lineman from the Woodlands. They like him quite a bit. Caleb Hicks, running back uh, from Denton, excuse me, from Denton Ryan. That's there. Jeremy Payne, uh, 2024 uh Great-looking running back from Fort Ben Hightower. He was there. So those are just a few. And then, of course, yeah. Uh, and then, and then one one more name to let you know about was uh, Aaron Flowers, twenty twenty-four defensive back from Forney, who we just made a four-star last week.
0: Ooh, has received the coveted four-star. The mm-hmm. Forney Re-
1: but he's a, not on the two fifty. But he's got a four-star, so
0: that's fine. Yeah, yeah, if he's from Forney, uh Forney proper, that's the Forney Jackrabbits. They used to be Jack Rabbits r- to you, rivals of my Kaufman Lions. We usually beat them, but then at some point the uh they they had some, some big-time athletes in basketball and then our uh, yeah. the girls from our class became interested in the Forney boys, and that was uh <laughs> that was uh, concerning to us. Um. All right, uh, Kevin. That was uh, that was a good uh, wrap up. The only thing I'd ask you that's kind of fascinating to me is, uh, isn't that weird that, that that wide receiver? I mean, Gavin Holmes is the as he calls it the old head in the room, the veteran. Yeah. And the guy hadn't played much at all because he's been hurt his whole career. But he seems like an unbelievable leader. He's just got yeah. to tr- somehow try to stay healthy. But they. Uh, there's one guy that was out there, and you and I keep talking about him. They have not put him on scholarship, and yet he was out there running. I mean, you could argue, and I think Seth Jones was out there with yeah. the ones out, lined up wide, but there comes number 34. Is it yeah, Cameron? Josh, Is that right? Jo- uh, Josh, yeah, Josh Cameron?
1: Yeah, yeah. Josh Cameron. Uh, he's a kid, and, and I think we talked about him maybe a couple of weeks ago, Matt, when I was on your show, but he's a guy that, uh, you know, just, has made his way up through the food chain, if you will, and has worked to everything that he's got. He's a big kid. He can leverage himself. Uh, I think he could be a matchup problem for some people. I, we'll find out exactly how this will move going into fall camp. Uh, again, spring ball is where you really get an indication of who could potentially help you beyond your known commodities. And I think Josh emerged as one of those guys. Now the question is going to be is if you really think that he's going to be a one for you and you can start him perhaps in the opener against Albany, which would be a great way to get him going is what can he give you in that game? And I think for him, for him to develop where he is, uh, is a credit to his work, work habits, and perhaps something along the lines of just talking with Gavin Holmes. You know, Gavin's a great kid, as you mentioned too. just touching on him for a second. You know, I saw Gavin when he, was I, my connection with Gavin goes back to when he was a junior at Justin Northwest. And, you know, he had the opportunity to really turn into a pretty good college recruit. And I remember the day that he committed to Baylor when he was a senior at Northwest. Um, and he was one of the guys that turned, that helped turn Northwest into an afterthought uh, program, into a legitimate football program. And that was kind of important for that school to uh, to go through that. And I think for his leadership, what Gavin has shown to go through these years like he has for a spring game, too, for him, it's Remember him saying that, but for him to kind of persevere and show that type of leadership and have it rub off on like the Seth Jones and Josh Cameron, those types of guys, very invaluable for something like this.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I think... I think you're right, and uh, I, it was fun listening to him, fun listening to Bryson Jackson. I listened to Will Williams the other day and kind of got fired up. He's a different kind of personality. So, And then Doyle, of course, is your steady-as-she-goes kind of player. And, and then, of course, they're going to get this other guy in, the LSU kid, Josh White. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's a guy you can tell Aranda loves. I mean, this is not like a – A lot of times, some of these players that come out of LSU that transfer out, um, you're kind of like, oh, what's going on there? I mean, one of them is with the Cowboys right now and has himself in hot water. But with Ika and White, both of them, I think, have a chance. Uh, Ika already does. But I think White is a high, high character guy who's going to fit in beautifully with this team. All right, Kevin, that's all the time we have for now. If we go 1 minute more, I have to start I have to go up on your rate, okay? I have to uh, <laughs> That'll work. I have to pay you more, so I got to slide out of here. Good to visit with you, sir.
1: Always a pleasure, Matt. Take care.
0: Kevin Longquist from Rivals.